why stop at compassion when we can go further and just be kind and loving? Hi, everybody. I'm here with Patricia Pinto, who is the co-founder of Leela Flow Yoga Teacher Training and Pilates Teacher Training. Welcome, Patricia. I'm so glad that you joined us today to talk about mindfulness. Thanks for having me. So Patricia, I'm wondering if you can share with the audience how you've come across mindfulness in your own life or maybe how you've learned to use it to expand your personal life or your business. Do you have any stories that you want to share? Um, Well, I guess from from being a yoga teacher for so long and, you know, an asana yoga teacher doesn't necessarily give you mindfulness outside of the mat, but I've had a, a, a big interest in the whole idea of mindfulness, um, you know, from teaching yoga and then transitioning into more of um, just like that meditative uh, curiosity that comes along with, um, you know, teaching yoga for a bit, you feel, or at least I felt that that was the next step in my asana practice, you know, I did a training, uh, it was like a, a Buddhist meditation yoga teacher training, and they had the, you know, the whole meditation uh, practice every single day, twice a day. And although I've not maintained that exact routine, the, the, the idea of mindfulness has since just been ingrained in my life and and I do try to get really nerdy with the way that I involve um, that idea of mindfulness every single day and I love to start my day with a meditation or uh, or at least a moment of gratitude I'm so grateful for my space I'm so grateful for having you know work I'm grateful for my dogs, I'm grateful for my health, my family, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I also try to go into, uh, you know, mindful eating, mindful mental chatter, which for me, it's so important because, you know, well, I think I'm sure you know what I mean. Yeah. When you say mindful mental chatter. So when I hear the term mental chatter, I immediately think of the monkey mind And like all of the stuff that we're not in control of. So by mindful mental chatter, do you mean just turning your attention to it and kind of separating yourself from it and saying, I'm not that, I'm not that chatter. And that's not necessarily my story. Is it just reflecting upon it? Or are you sometimes mindfully recreating it and redesigning that mental chatter? Uh, Both, but it's the first step is, you know, the, the observing and detaching from that noise, it's not us, right? It's just noise. It's habits and reflections in our, you know, subconscious on our past experiences. So at first, it's just being mindful of it, making sure that it's kind and constructive or, uh, Perhaps it's it's teaching me something about how I feel about a certain situation and then maybe right. recreating it if, if needed be. Right. But 
that takes mm-hmm. that takes a lot of um that takes a lot of mindfulness what is constructive out of what's popping up and right. and how do i proceed without gaslighting what's happening mm. right because when you start to implement some of these mindfulness practices especially of of looking at that self-referential information. So the stories that are on repeat in our heads, when we start to look at it and we can, we can kind of step back a little bit and just be the observer, we have to make a judgment call at some point to say, that thing is benefiting me. That's pushing me forward. That is an evolution opportunity. Uh, Or we have to say, this is not okay. I can't talk about myself like that or my life like that. Or these are just negative statements and I'm ready to delete them. So it takes a lot of specificity, really. It it takes a a very high level awareness, um, which, you know, it has to be cultivated like any other kind of practice. But I wonder if you have noticed this too, because... Um, this is such an interesting subject because so much of how we feel and what we can accomplish in life comes as a reflection of that self-talk. I've noticed that occasionally, you know, just bringing the light of your awareness over onto it, it kind of loses its power. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah, it loses its power or it allows you to take additional steps but you have to take the time to see oh okay what is this why is it coming up is it causing me harm like physically you know like I notice a lot of anxiety always comes up like in my belly or in my chest Mm. just just really noticing how that comes up and then yeah like whether acknowledging it sometimes makes it go away or acknowledging it um, makes you dig a little deeper. Right. And and I think like that when you practice in this mode, it's like everything that comes up, you're full of inquiry about, Oh, what is this? I almost think of it as fun. Right. And curiosity comes to mind. The word curiosity, um, Sometimes when I'm teaching clients, uh, I'll say to cultivate a childlike curiosity because we want to be very interested. Like that's what keeps our attention on bettering ourselves. Yeah, the word curiosity is, I think, the perfect word um, because we have to remain curious, but also not become obsessed. So there has to be that also sense of... Uh, playfulness behind it Mm. you know um, Mm -hmm. like thin ice all of this you know definitely how would you say that you know cultivating that kind of more depth to your internal awareness how has it affected your your teaching and training others as a teacher it's been my reminder to teach kindness Yeah, even beyond compassion, because, you know, we think of the word compassion and we're like, okay, compassionate to all beings. Like, but compassion, why stop at compassion when we can go further and just be kind and loving? And cultivate that everyday life. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. I love that intention. Why stop it? 
a beautiful notion, but we can get a little more into it. We can get more detailed and allow this to sort of fuel us and overflow into everyday life, everyday interactions, you know, the person at the coffee yeah. shop, the person in line with you at the stoplight, those kind of things. When we think about having compassion and projecting it out to the whole world and we have compassion for animals and for people and this, this subject or that, it's a broad thing. It's sort of detached from us. But when we can, yeah, yeah, and when we can really bring it into everyday life, like, do you have compassion um, for the person ahead of you at the grocery store when they have to go back three times and change their item and (laughs) you're sitting there waiting? Like those kind of basic things, like how do you, um, you know, boost your, your loving kindness and your intentions during those kind of situations? I think bringing in that stuff into everyday life is really important and and often overlooked. Yeah, I agree. In my teaching, it's just being kind, you know. During this global pandemic that, well, we still have happening right now, um, the civil unrest and everything else that's that's been going on, um, especially in the U.S. in particular for us, that's been trying how would you say your mindfulness practice and your teachings have either supported you or, or changed you, like evolved what you put out there in the world during that time? Last year, I felt like I was basically in a state of panic for an entire year. And it was, there was so much anger and frustration. And, and, and I mean, I, I I could go on and on so much anxiety in every way that you can think of. And I, I started becoming, uh, I started focusing more on um, activism. Um, So really getting into going beyond being angry and what can I do with this anger and uh, some more constructive, you know, like, uh, you know, setting up petitions, volunteering for certain things, and some were not so, you know, great, like, um, you know, obsessively going on social media and trying, just just such a big mess, you know? Can I say I was mindful through the whole thing? Maybe, yeah. And, And it's definitely the most activism I've ever done in my whole entire life. So I think that's where I shifted my energy. It's funny, again, since January, I've, um, it's like, I mean, it's only been a month, but I honestly (laughs) feel like this past month has been so calm and my creativity is like back. Um, Yeah. I noticed that you were doing a lot of activism and kind of speaking up for other teachers as well, saying, Hey, you know, you have a responsibility in this. It's not... It's not really okay to just stand on the middle ground and say, I don't know, like, (laughs) I'm just... Yeah, or, or, or that compassion thing we were just talking about, like, it's like, oh, let's be compassionate to all beings. And it's just like, but should we really be compassionate to people that are saying, Mm. you know, Mm. that are harming so much, you know? So, yeah, that really... It allowed me to gracefully put myself beyond that. So it's like, okay, maybe I'm not just a yoga teacher. 
maybe my voice is um, something that I want to share more and hopefully lead others. That's really powerful that you sort of found this new role within all of all of that stress and all of those triggers. And you were inspired to say, no, I need to use my voice and speak up for what I think is right. It's brave to be able to look at that and then say, okay, I'm feeling that. That's okay. And here I'm going to try to transform it. I'm going to try to use it as fuel to help other people, whether that's one other person, whether it's a thousand other people, I'm going to try to use it as fuel to, to help open up people's minds. So this new outlet, this sort of new voice and, or empowering your own voice uh, in this manner during the pandemic and the political episodes we were having, has it changed your teacher trainings at all or the way that you approach certain subjects or communicate information? When everything started happening with Black Lives Matter and there was so much conversation about cultural appropriation and just so much of this conversation, right, of of Black Lives Matter, people of color, LGBTQ, because there was so much push by the government against these communities. We, as, as a team and me as a teacher, we shifted a lot of our teacher training. We didn't want to be in the box of, oh, we are this yoga program where oh, we only believe in good vibes only. And that's, uh, that's it. That's all we have to offer. We definitely wanted to go further into this conversation of what it means to teach yoga in 2020 in a country that is reassessing its relationship with people of color, uh, giving rights to, to, to women, because we also had that big, you know, people, they wanted to take, you know, abortion away. It was, it was madness. So, so for me as a teacher, and then as a, as a leader, as a co-founder of the yoga school, we've changed a lot of our curriculum so that we talk about these things openly and, and, and recognize them as problems. And instead of just leaving them on the side, we have a whole social justice portion to our training and we do this um we call it uh what's next in yoga and in the yoga world where it's a whole lecture about you know let's be voices for yoga and not just yoga asana like go beyond your warrior one and and how do you become a warrior outside of the mat while respecting these uh, beautiful concepts of, of yoga. Mm-hmm. It's something that I deeply believe in as a school. It's something that we also believe in. And then we, we immediately transition to happily to make it part of our curriculum. This is a consistent problem. These are issues that are ongoing that we're going to be dealing with and they involve everyone because Yoga is not just the poses, and it's not just meditation. It's not just taking a deep breath. Yoga means union, and 
loving kindness and compassion, as we were saying before, and all of those practices are nothing without the understanding that everyone is essentially connected and what one person does and thinks and says influences someone else. So I I just really want to congratulate you for evolving your training like that. I I think that's really, really special and unique and important. Very, I, we, you know, we thought it was, and, and we, and we continue to, to expand and, and just being really respectful of what we're teaching, um, overall. Right. So it's not like, it's like, oh, you know, you're going to do this training and we're only going to talk about these things. It's like, no, what is yoga? What is beyond the asanas? And how are we going to be yoga teachers in this environment that we are in, mm-hmm. in America and in the world? Yeah. How are we going to be leaders going forward? Exactly. How, yeah. Exactly. When, when there are so many things, and it's not just America, it's not just the U.S., it's worldwide issues where the earth can't really support this many people anymore. We've known that for exactly. some time. Environmental mm-hmm. crises, like yes. all of these things are going on. Um, so it's, it's amazing that you're planting this seed. What are you working on right now? So, well, I did the... Um, the Pilates mat teacher training, which was a, a really cool, it was my, um, my COVID project and we took it online and it's, it's gone really well. And, and you know, Lila flow, well, what we did with Lila flow, that was really cool is we opened up a teaching platform for all of our grads that were now entering this post COVID yoga world. What makes a good yoga teacher is practice. We created a platform for our grads so that they can teach and that they can become that entrepreneur. So, so it's sort of like an online studio where you have your, te- your graduates teaching. It's an online teaching. studio. Wow. Yeah, it's an online studio. And the intention is so that our grads can teach. Right, and become more experienced then, teachers. Yeah. Exactly. And then it's like a, a, a casual yoga platform for students. We're hoping that that's what our platform will be. Just like a beginner friendly, no frills kind of yoga. I like that. I think there's a that's, space for that. That's the big yeah. project. Your ideas are so innovative and just forward thinking. Um, and yeah, very fitting with what's going on right now around us. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of success around it. Thank you so much for coming on, Patricia. And where can the audience find you and follow what you're up to next? Um, Thank you for having me. It was um, an honor to be here. And um, I guess people can go on lilaflow.com. That's where we have our virtual programs, hopefully soon to be in-person programs, too. And um, I know, right? So exciting. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, and on Instagram, um, the NYC Yogini, I have yet to change it to anything else. (laughs) So it's at T-H-E, the NYC Yogini on Instagram. And um, yeah, usually I try to post everything that's going on on there too. Lila Flow also has an Instagram, which is Lila Flow Yoga on Instagram. 
Wonderful. So I guess you've taken the NYC and brought it down to MIA. Yeah. <laughs> and you're about to go all over the world with your virtual studio. So that's awesome. So everyone can go and hop over and follow you there and see what you're up to next. Thank you so much, Patricia. Thank you so much for having me.
I want to thank the audience for tuning in for this episode of Mindscaping, and I hope you found some great pointers here in this talk, and I hope that you'll join us again soon. Until then.